0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mahoning Drive In Theater, the largest single screen drive in in the United States. We're certainly glad you could be with us this evening, and don't forget the concession stand is open with all kinds of great things to eat and drink.
1: Mahoning Drive-In Radio, your old friend Virgil back once again for another exciting episode of the podcast. As you guys know, the only podcast dedicated to the love and revival of our beloved drive-in culture. Joined as always by my co-host and general manager extraordinaire, Mark. Say hello, my friend. Hello. Hello. So we've been having the best time talking to owners of drive-ins with our owners series over the last couple of months. And it's not only been inspiring on a business owner level, uh, but we've been getting such amazing feedback from the fans as well as people involved in the culture to the point where this thing's really spreading and taking off in a way that we d- only dreamed when we started this podcast To give a little bit of a background, you guys know it. We were gifted with a voice when the Mahoning Drive-In Theater took off and the revival of the drive-in culture and 35 millimeter really came to us. And we felt it important that now that the Mahoning has found its audience, it's our responsibility to turn that light and shine it on every other drive-in that has a similar story to the Mahoning, because if you are still here after this many years in the drive-in culture, there is certainly a story there. And today, we are joined by the president of the Silver Moon Drive-In in Lakeland, Florida, which was built in 1948, the year before the Mahoning Drive-In Theater was built. And we are certainly brothers from another mother. So welcome, Chip. Thanks for having me on so so excited and we were talking about it before we hit record we go down the rabbit hole and do some research for these interviews and we are just in awe and have so many questions about uh, your business your layout and kind of what it's like to run a drive-in in the heart of florida so why don't we go back to the beginning can you give us a little bit of history about the theater when it opens what's unique about it
2: yeah i don't have too terribly much history uh you know the stuff that you, you probably read online is basically what i know unfortunately it's pretty pretty sad as far as like uh you know drive-in history and i think that's one thing that kind of excited me with this podcast is doing a doing a good job of preserving kind of history of the drive-ins because at least i found that it seems like the florida ones and ones people that i i was and related to the ones that they ran. They were kind of just built very quickly and were workhorses. And a lot of people came out, have a lot of memories there, and they closed, and it's just kind of lost history. So it's a really cool you know, do this podcast and to try to preserve some of that history and talk about the future of the drive-ins. But all that being said, Silverman was built in 1948. Four or five years after that, Lloyd Theaters, who um, that's kind of where... My family comes in. Uh, my grandfather worked for that company, uh, and so that's how um, we first got involved in, like the 52, 53, I think. And so that uh, that chain uh, had about 70 screens while in its existence, uh, mostly drive-ins, but also some indoors. So that is the Silver Moon. We also have—I don't know how much research y'all did. We have two drive-ins. There's one in Dade City, the Joyland drive-in, that we also operate uh, five days a week. And it is a single-screen theater.
1: This was a total segue question, where it was like, we saw that you guys were connected to a chain in the past, and now that you guys have two theaters, we were curious, is that a chain situation, or it's just the family that owns both?
2: We just own uh, both and have... Or, so Sun-South Theaters, which is what I'm president of, we, have, we only have two locations. We have Silverman and Joy Lane. We were formed in mid, the mid-90s uh, right. when they were selling off some drive-ins. So there used to be a couple other theaters that we operated or had some interest in. Yeah. Um, but those have since closed. One is the 28th Street Drive-In in St. Petersburg. I never was fortunate enough to see that one. That closed in 99 I think at the end of the year it was the least theater
1: well the landscape in Florida when it comes to drive-ins was certainly yeah. rich but just like every other state every other place across the country that's diminished yeah. pretty significantly how many drive-ins are left in Florida it's under 10 right
2: yeah we have four operating now we had just had a couple closed pretty recently so unbelievable
1: unbelievable yeah. and to think yeah. that you own two of them <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how close together yeah. is the Joyland and the silverman
2: about an hour so the other two drive-ins in the state are only about uh, an hour or two away they're all kind of within probably two hours of each other and it's a pretty large state you know as far as wow. driving and yeah so we're all pretty close
1: that's so amazing Gorda, yep right. there are a
2: couple the ones that um close i think two of them still are going as swap shops but you know, operating the theater. That seems to
1: be, not, yeah, that yeah. seems to be the big thing in Florida is there's a built-in kind of swap meet community uh, with the drive-in culture. You guys run a swap meet every weekend?
2: Yeah, so we have, uh, this is when we are open Saturday and Sunday mornings um, for the swap shop at the Joyland. It's only Sundays right now, but Sundays are definitely our biggest day. Um, and, you know, right now, this time of year, We do really well with them, but when it starts heating up, which is probably it's kind of heating up next month, um, (laughs) they they do thin out. Yeah, they thin out, and the uh, you know our northern friends go home, and uh, so definitely our slower time during the summer. Yeah, it kind of works out with movies because typically movies, you know, busy time could be the summer, so that's um, the season.
1: So you are seasonal, I take it there, or are you uh, year round? We're three sixty five. Baby, I love, love it. Dedication. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Same situation with Joyland?
2: Yeah, so uh, we're just closed Monday, Tuesday out there right now. Uh, but yeah, all year round.
1: That's amazing. So how much of your guys' draw is local versus uh, the tourist season? Do you rely on tourists?
2: We get quite a few tourists that are kind of bored in Disney world or maybe out of money, um, visiting Orlando. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: affordable alternative to Disney.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they're over there visiting Orlando, or maybe they're in Tampa, which are two very large areas within like an hour of us. And yeah. so they kind of stumble upon us since we're the closest to Orlando. So oh, we, that's fantastic. We yeah, we get, um, uh, some some folks from like you know parts of europe and stuff that i've always just wanted to see an american drive-in um so yeah you can it has
1: an allure it really does it's yeah it's an instant magical situation even when you i'm sure you get it you say hey i run a drive-in they look at you like "Well, who are you Billy wonka or something yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like oh, they're still open yeah Well, you kind of mentioned where you are as far as within the state, but what is your layout as far as are you guys built up? Is it a rural situation? A lot of businesses around?
2: It's a pretty commercial area, I'd say, but there are a couple like China trailer parks across the street and some houses behind us. It's, It's kind of a mixed use, but... Definitely kind of leans more commercial. The road that we are on, probably about half a mile away, um, Publix, which is um, oh, a yeah. grocery chain down here. Yeah, so they yeah. have uh, warehouses and corporate offices, and you know, the road turns into George Shiggins Boulevard, which is was the founder of Publix. So we have a lot of that too. And so they're far enough away that there's never really a problem
1: uh, as far as like noise, what we find yeah, with yeah. the, uh, you know, the theaters that are developed around that they have to deal with the light pollution. You know, once the sun mm-hmm. goes down, if your town is still alive, that's an issue for the drive-in.
2: Yeah, we definitely fight that at the Silver Moon. A lot of streetlights from the trailer parks and stuff. And uh, like a pretty nice hotel was built across the street. But they've, it's actually been like no change they're pretty they're pretty chill and and don't have many lights and so there's some gas
1: stations so yeah light pollution definitely factor oh yeah always have to think about Well, (laughs) i'm so curious and kind of jealous of you in a way because your family owned a drive-in your whole entire life what was that like did you have kind of fruit was it like your playground
2: no it wasn't i i remember going there as a kid, seeing movies um, like Star Wars, Toy Story, and Harry Potter and stuff like that. But yeah. I I went as a customer, and I just, you know, waved at Grandpa working, and he kind of, that was that. And I started working there probably about 15, kind of on and off in the box office on the weekends. So as
1: it soon started. as it, it was legal, was... they put you to work? <laughs>
2: yeah, well, yeah, no. It was definitely voluntary. It was kind of something you know like the lore of, of you know, hey my family runs this drive-in I, yeah. like, oh, I definitely want to be a part of that but it was it was also just like you know hey it's a, it's a job and I'm in high school and need some extra money so
1: <laughs> right it,
2: I did it definitely wasn't forced by any stretch um, because you know the hours you know for my parents you know, they stay kind of in touch with the drive-in but they're um, not involved really in the day-to-day so um they understand the hours and and some of the the drawbacks that that you know kids might not want to, to deal with as far as like working <laughs> yeah. on the weekends um yeah. but they they definitely didn't they didn't discourage me um you know but it was so it wasn't necessarily
1: like a, mom and dad running the <clears throat> no you're taking you every it was grandpa and you were yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah for sure
1: that's awesome. Now, your grandfather still with us? Was it a situation where it was passed on to you? Yeah, so he he
2: passed away um, in 2017, so I had the opportunity of working with him for, you know, over 10 years, like 12 years or so, just kind of being involved in it. You know, like I say, at first, it was super part-time as far as being in the box office, then kind of worked swap shop a couple of years later and part-time. Um, yep. And then he kind of like, kind of brought me into how he booked movies and how he thinks about just managing the place in
1: general. So uh, it
2: was, it was a neat. He know, gave, like he, a it sounds day. like he
1: gave you the tools to slowly at yeah. that route, even though yeah. I, I take it you weren't necessarily looking for this job. It just kind yeah. of hooked you along the way.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so we've also, what's also made it like easy and possible is that we have you know a supervisor of both locations who's been with us for over twenty years, and and like our manager of the swap shop, for example, like I used to close with her on Saturday nights, like you know fifteen years ago. So she's still uh, you know the manager um, of You're the connected of everybody. the swap shop. So yeah, yeah, it, it definitely definitely made it uh, easier, just because
1: definitely a big
2: help yeah yeah
1: so are you guys i don't know if you mentioned this are you guys multiple screens at this point are you a single screener
2: yeah so the silverman has two screens it opened as a single screen uh but the second screen was added in the mid 80s so right. and then the joyland's a single screen which yeah man single screen that's a
1: it's tough right Uh, it's tough i mean we we're in a whole other world because we we run retro we run 35 millimeter and we know that we are in a a total island on our own but you know you are at the beck and call of hollywood the idea of playing something for multiple weekends locked into it when you have two screens we're you know talking to the owners it really sounds like it is so much easier to work a schedule and appease an audience.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: 100%. We were jealous of some of your guys' retro programming. It's very Mahoning of some of the stuff that you guys do with the kickback. How often do you guys do that? Is that something you reserve for Screen 2 type of thing?
2: Um. So during the pandemic, we started experimenting with the retros fairly early on because... You know we're in florida so we didn't uh we uh got over the uh you know the COVID stuff rather quickly yeah. um, <laughs> so uh right. yeah we were closed for about uh, i think 28 days or so you're like and, about uh, a
1: second and
2: uh yeah. yeah in april right so yeah so um you know uh, that, that actually a drive-in in the state stayed open Cal drive-in he actually didn't close but it yeah and so we you know we weren't definitely we weren't required to close but um I think we're classified as a like quick service restaurant if we really wanted to like get into that debate
0: good
1: but,
2: point uh, good point my friend but yeah, yeah but we we closed and uh, so the retro movies really worked there really well um, yeah there wasn't much else going on and sure. so we definitely saw those fade as it went on and there was a point where like it was kind of a toss of like should we play a retro or we should should we play something like tenet and uh, to be honest like the performance was pretty similar uh, they, yeah. some, some movies during that time weren't very good um, so like the, the new releases so it made it tough but we we'll do them now every so often just when they, we kind of have a gap uh, in and films like, you know, we didn't want to book, we didn't want to start something last week just because uh, we went to the screen open for John Wick and, yes, which leads yeah, into, like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. So it was kind of a tactical move last week. The other problem was with spring break, there really hasn't been, you guys know this, there hasn't been much family content and kid content. It is and, so
1: hard. I have a five year You know, and I was saying this to Mark. It's, you know, if you have a kid, there's really no options to go out. You get, you know, you you get the soft serve stuff every now and then, but it's not Mm -hmm. the blockbusters like they're feeding the schedule now, you know?
2: Yeah, for sure. And it's it's definitely frustrating because we have, you know, I feel like people that were interested in those movies have continued to ask, you know, when we're getting them. And it's almost like, we might be losing that audience because we have nothing to give them. So that's why we were doing the Jumanji thing and it, it did okay. Um, right. But yeah, the retros are kind of played out at least for us, uh, right
1: now. So it's a really hard route. You know, you have to almost resell people on why it's an experience at the theater, because you know, we're in the age of streaming where you can push a button and bang, there it is on your phone.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and we find that the first runs overall are getting people out compared to the retros. It was just one of those things, like I say, it was kind of a booking decision. We're trying to get something for the families during spring break. Um, Certainly,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, I love the idea that you can play with screen number two. Do you uh, do you book both theaters? Do you have a booker who, who books and connects the two theaters in any way? As far as uh, the yeah. uh, the, uh, the uh, level.
2: Yeah, um, we book ourselves. You know, the supervisor James, like I said earlier, that's one of his responsibilities. Like we'll talk about it each week and brainstorm ideas, and you know, have a booking map that we use. Yes, um, but we'll, we'll do most of that. We'll do that ourselves. And I know a lot of theaters have bookers, and we've always booked ourselves, and it's it's not too difficult. I mean, and and it's nice to have the power to say yes or no to things because you know we're all fairly familiar with our customer and the content coming out and stuff so it just makes sense for us to do it
1: ourselves now absolutely um, i mean so, you're talking yeah. you're talking to an outfit that books for themselves i book the films Good. for the mahoney yeah. and there's a real benefit to being on a first name basis with the people you're working yeah. with especially when it comes to retro you know because Mm -hmm. you're you're working terms you're working rates you're working different studios together it's it's a joke and you know for them to know your name versus the guy who represents you and 40 other theaters is a little different (laughs) yeah for sure before we jump into some of the layout as far as in the concession stand things that you guys offer blacktop in florida what is up were you guys always yeah. whacked up <laughs> yeah
2: yeah it's just always, the way they do it like there that. right yeah some of our um some side too we have some some grass over there but yeah it's it's uh you know it's costly to maintain because you got to do that but especially for our swap shop i think our customers and vendors uh like that uh and it kind of that
1: makes sense to differentiate.
2: Totally. it yeah pushing around
1: their carts and stuff it, it's They're all gravel. Out. so when yeah. we bring people in vendors things like that it's like oh. or people call and say hey you handicap accessible it's like oh, oh, we are, yeah we are 100 percent gravel you know it's mm. it's very mm-hmm. difficult so to have yeah have the ability to offer that i'm sure yeah. it increases at least the reach of the fan base
2: yeah, I mean, it, would it be practical to do today? Uh, uh, that'd be expensive. Yeah! But, take it; but, it gets
1: hot. I take it it's hot. But. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, but mostly just like expensive. Just, just kind of doing it once or twice,
1: or oh, repair. Sort of by yearly, just repairing it. Um, it's just unbelievable how much it is um, you know i always think about how much money they must save on cutting the grass and maintaining, oh, no. the on and blah 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 and it's <laughs> it's a whole other expense when you have that
2: yeah because uh, you know you, you it's not every day that you know the asphalt pavers or whatever will do i try to get quotes and and, and walk them around and they're just like what the what The heck are we doing? They're used to just like regular <laughs> parking lots, and right, and, but I'm over here like with drawing drive in rows on ramps and stuff, so they, they probably charge me more for that. And you know, it's all about volume, um, as far as like pricing, so it's not like we have a ton of like when we need it, it's not like huge sections. Sometimes I do huge sections because it just costs so much less, it's just more efficient for them, but yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs>
1: It's more like a spread out, constant yeah. maintenance. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yep. being that you guys have two screens, I take it shared concession stand, stand in the middle of the lot. What's yep. the layout?
2: Yep. So the snack bar's right in the middle of the lot with the booth. And that works out well for us. It's just a, it's not a cafeteria style. You just walk up to the cash register and then we... Oh,
1: Nice. It.
2: Yeah, so I mean, cafeteria style would be cool. I, I like the cafeteria
1: style when I go to other drive-ins. I like self-serve to has its benefits to work well. for sure. But yeah, yeah. How many now? How many uh, point of sales do you guys have? Is it like you know a huge line? Do you have uh, only a couple there?
2: Yeah, so right now we're using three. We did use four, but we kind of find that having the cashier and having a runner. Um, on our busy nights with three is the most efficient. Um, with four, you know, if you get people calling off or whatever, or like an unexpected rush, like it yeah. kinda, the cashier has to kind of go grab everything and it just becomes a problem. So we'll do two with a decent crowd if we get, you know, pretty busy. We'll, we'll jump in, open a third one. So three in there um, and those those work real well. Definitely Switching over to the point of sale
1: system about probably four years ago now has made it a lot easier in there. Oh, nice. So what did you guys used to have self-serve and then went to point of sale? Oh, no. So, no. So we're point of sale. We always have been, but. Oh, a new system. I see. Yeah. 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 A new system. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys run? We had a
2: really clunky one. VZ.
1: Oh, nice. Um, Yeah. There's so many options now. We use Square. We find it works really, really well because a lot of our appeal is outdoor as well, with vendors and activities outside. So it lets us take our register with us almost. So,
2: oh yeah, nice. I know, and Square is one that like we're getting more and more requests for Apple
1: Pay, and so we you got to pivot with the future, man. It's it's just every single day. There's something else new where you're like, what is that? When did that become a thing? Yeah, it's all about shifting and finding a way to stay current and what people need and want, you know? Yeah. I do want to ask about what really sells for you guys as far as the food. But before we get to that, beer, bro. You guys offer beer. Like, what is what? That's just, that's a first as far as for our uh, interviews here. Yeah. So (laughs) what's the deal there? Do you guys have a liquor license between the two theaters? Is it something that you always offered?
2: Yeah, so it's just a package license. It's just at the Silver Moon, and we just do like hand, bud, and bud light. I actually got in trouble because during the pandemic, um, we are recording this, so well, but um, <laughs> during, the pand- during the pandemic, we had a couple of dance recitals where they'd film the recital at the studio, and then they'd play it out there for the families and kids. And it worked right. out really well, but one of the things they want requested that we sell was, you know, wine. So um, I got with our distributor, and they had, um, you know, those single serve canned wines. Yes. Yep. And so you know, I assumed that they w- we would be able to sell them with the license we had, but we actually weren't able to. So as soon as they alerted me to that, because you know the state comes by like once a year, and they're like, "Hey, you can't be selling these." We're like, "What?" <laughs> um, so we took them out, but they, they, I didn't make too bad because they would, they sold during those things and right. concerts, but during the, the, during movies, they, they weren't too big of a sell. I, mean, a they were okay,
1: but, yeah, I ran a yeah, vineyard yeah. actually before yeah. I, uh, came into the Mahoning and I know all about the weird niche liquor license yeah. rules. Yeah. It's so strange and it goes state by state too. So what you can do you know a state up you're screwed in your mm-hmm. state you know
0: it's so yeah weird.
2: yeah so we haven't we don't we've always offered the beer and we don't you know it's not a huge money maker and, I, and we don't push it um i've thought about beers like oh it'd be cool to expand this and have some more
1: properties. Yeah, have a bar uh, but, all that but you're inviting uh, yeah. trouble you're inviting trouble. that's exactly. the downside you know
2: exactly we have we have enough trouble there's no <laughs> anymore. but it, you know and it's like one of those
1: things was like yeah i mean it, alcohol it cool in drive-in yeah it's we, wrong. we were lucky enough to have a branded beer come out last year from one of the local breweries and we announced it on the page and right away people were like beer and drive-ins i don't know if yeah. that's smart it's like we're not serving it we're just you know we just have a oh. beer line, you know but it's, yeah. it's instantly, I think, uh, just like a lot of things, it has a stigma built in. They don't think about the responsible people that, you know, are able to drink.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. for sure. And, yeah. So, and we, like I say, we don't sell the time of it. Every now and then, we, we you know, have to abuse people <laughs> uh, drinks they've bought too many. But it's kind of one of those things. And, and it's funny because they'll sell... Like, doing kids' movies, like, we'll sell probably,
1: that's our most popular genre <laughs> our beer. Parents like, God, yeah. I gotta sit through puss and puss yeah, <laughs> yeah, Yeah. You'll see that's a lot of so the coming. Yeah. Yep. It's always a question that we get. You know, I think it's built into the culture a bit, and especially now, there's an appeal to come and hang out and do a little tailgating before uh, movies start and get relaxed and all that stuff, but so do you guys have to train your employees on uh s- s- safe service and all that i just i'm just going from my winery yeah. days
2: oh yeah so they have to be 18 to serve it um and but yeah i would definitely train and be over cautious as far as uh, IDing. um right
1: other than like i said i mean it's it's not a huge aspect of the business. No, it, it's not a huge thing. It we just don't... blew our minds because we don't get it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those things that's kind of the bottom of the cooler and we don't have big signs or anything or run. Right. It's promotions. there if you need it. <laughs> it's exactly. so
1: strange because, you know, I, I ran uh, the major indoor theaters as well in the run and you don't open a major theater or have an indoor chain that doesn't have a liquor license. It's, it's part of the model now. So to see that kind of crossover with the, the driving (laughs) culture a little bit, but what, what really is the bangers for you guys, as far as your big hits, do you do any specialty items in that concession stand? What do people look forward to?
2: People look forward to our pizza. Yeah. It's a very thin crust uh, pizza that we get the crust in and we do the rest ourselves, and that's a nice, it's a good. Yeah, it's a it's a really good pizza. People like that one, and of course popcorn. We've done a couple of specialties over the years, uh, but kind of found that right now we're we're not doing one. We were experimenting with
1: a couple of things like pizza fries and stuff like that that we might bring in Ooh. in and out. Huh? it's all an enticer you know it's you see yeah. it everywhere it's oh look at this new item and
2: yeah the other really funny thing it's it's a pizza but i don't know we call them fiestata pizzas so uh they're the school pizzas so back in the day i guess oh like elio schools yes. Yeah, yeah yes yeah and so we found those and we the people love them like on facebook it was such a big thing <laughs> um Talk about childhood
1: and nostalgia, you know?
2: For sure, yeah. So those are a hit. And so we, I don't know, as soon as, like, you know, they'll start to fade off. So we're like, okay, we'll do it as like, a limited time offering. And as soon as we take them off the menu, we get so many requests for them. But (laughs) we have them right now. But we've taken them off, like, one or two times just to kind of create some buzz about when they'd be back. But and, and. they, people have kind of figured this out because they're people will be like, Oh, when are you getting those? And then someone on Facebook will like just say, like, Oh, you can get them from you know GFS or whatever. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I know people that's that's just like the people that when you post the show times, they'll post the link of the pirated movie. That's
1: yeah, cool. oh god, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no line yeah. for some people, and you know, that line is blurred. Uh, we used to yeah. have growing up the the second run theaters where there okay. was a nice yep. gap there and then it went to home video and then cable, and then you'd see it show up. But now it's like Megan came out yesterday and now it's available to stream. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. We used to have one of those theaters in town um, that was built on one of the former drive-ins um, and the, the company that owned the Silver Moon ran that drive-in too. And so it was a really big deal. I remember going up
1: the those films, the dollar movies or whatever, and yeah, and ours was a dollar and a quarter. And you mm-hmm. stuck to the floor as soon as you walked in. Clearly, yeah, they got yeah. every cleaning service to make that possible. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So that's definitely a thing of the past. Because you know, I mean, you know this. If if you if you want to get something that's been out a couple weeks, you definitely don't do as well with it well first off they, they might not give it to you if it's only been two or three or four weeks but yeah. um, by the time it's been out a month uh, it's kind of
1: the window's small
2: to see it or, yeah exactly you're
1: like hey yep. i got a week to sell this thing and then next week it's like everybody and their mother either saw it or the word has gotten out that nobody cares so nobody comes
2: yep yep are you guys running ant
1: man right now that's what i kept hearing in uh with the last one was like the hard drop off of Ant-Man.
2: No, uh, we don't have Ant-Man. We never really did anything when it came out with us. We have Scream right now and Shazam. And Scream did pretty well. Like the last couple of years, it seems like we are starting to do well with the, the scary movies.
1: Hollywood has gone that way like if you yeah. are somebody that can program horror there's probably something every week for you to play fresh it's one yeah. of those markets that actually is still able to rock and roll unlike the family movies
2: <laughs> yeah 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 it's done really well At first it was like just around October but then they started just putting them out wherever. but yeah we're doing we're doing well with them they're it's a hit good they are team. a hit
1: and we finally yeah, got yeah. to see a, a, a legitimate drive in movie release with Cocaine Bear. Was that a banger for you guys?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did, it did all right. It did okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just so it.
1: weird that in you know 2023, that's a marketable movie. That is such a yeah. drive in 70s move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, we're going to just smash these two things together and, mm-hmm. and people will go out of the spectacle of it all. Yeah
2: yeah they did that's all right yeah the problem with one of those the scary movies is little, or the horror movies is a lot of times they're so dark you know I'm sure you oh, guys have a problem too yeah. like, yep. especially with the, yeah like because I just remember Batman last year but there's also you bring it up it comes their- up every time <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I know that, that was terrible. every
1: drive-in owner hates the Batman he's the worst yeah, yeah I agree <laughs> Now, do you find
0: yeah. that there are many titles first run that uh, deliver sort of beyond that? Now, what what's your commitment for? Because I I say this because most normal people have no concept of the, the fact that this is how it is. When you book a film from a major studio, what is the commitment that you have to take to that? How many weeks do you have to run something? And do you see any movies that in recent years that have performed well enough to keep them beyond that window?
2: It's funny the ones that probably perform well enough to, to take them beyond the window or the ones we're not required to. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, it can be anywhere from two, sometimes four weeks. And so that's kind of made the decision tough with our single stream um, as far as movies like Avatar and stuff like that. It's just like the, the amount of time they want us to hold them just wouldn't be practical usually if it's a three week Picture of this on the single screen, like the third week is never really a thing. Like, you got to do real well in the first two weeks, otherwise, it's just not worth holding, and it's pretty sad. But, uh, I mean, we have had the movies that we kept a while I'm trying to think there was a gun. I know what some people bring. Oh, up. yeah, that Top was one Guns, for. We played that a long time. There wasn't anything else
1: out at the time either. So at that time you could really lean yeah. into it and be like mm-hmm. blockbuster right here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What does really well for you guys? What what do you find brings the audiences?
2: It's definitely
1: the family movies in summer that uh, definitely
2: keeps us going. Yeah. Um, for sure, those big blockbuster films, and you know, like we got Fury of Ten now. Like, we'll do pretty well with that. You know, Minions and Jurassic and those type of really big
1: movies. Do you not do as well with the uh, superhero stuff, or was that just an Ant <laughs> uh, Man push?
2: It, uh, it's definitely done. You could definitely tell. So, I think in game There was an Avengers uh, like two years ago or three. Maybe yeah the longer big than that now yeah right. it was huge and like that was the that was the earliest i've ever seen a sellout but those have definitely tapered off with i think and i think everyone's experiencing that as far as the
1: superhero films fatigue can um, they say yeah, superhero fatigued. Fatigued.
0: And what's your um what's your car capacity there for for each screen or or total
2: on side one, at Silver Moon, we get to about 280. On side two, about 170. At the Joyland, we we could fit. I never thought I'd see that place be full, but during the pandemic, when we had concerts, um, I don't know if you guys did any concerts with. Yeah, uh, we Lee, got offered so... it
1: for sure. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, so there was a a Christian promoter, Awakening Events, and they we did several concerts with them and we actually filled up that theater. I never, because the rumor was the last time it filled up was like Shrek in like 03 or Shrek 2 or something. I think it was 03. The legend left. of Shrek, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I wasn't there, so I don't believe it. So I was <laughs> like, <"Let's," laughs> I, uh, but it was filled up during the concert. It was It was really crazy. And we had about like 400... 50 cars in there um, with that. So
1: that's our capacity of the joy land, but we never have to worry about capacity of the joy <laughs> Now, do you guys have to push your show times? What's your traditional start? What's your your flow as far as when you open?
2: Well, we were open anywhere like a couple months, like a month ago, it was 7.30 is the earliest we'll open uh the latest we have to open during summer is like 8.55 as far as uh starting, starting yeah it's
1: um, the worst the, right
2: the weekend waiting for that yeah sun. yeah yeah oh man i have to, i don't know if this happens to y'all but i would have, to, I have to, want to remember as the customer i think in indiana it was like nine thirty, and it was still light and i was just like oh my gosh it's
0: we push that sometimes and and i keep bringing oh, up man. internally we programmed, because we thought it was a perfect double feature, we programmed Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, two great family films <laughs> that yeah. wouldn't start until 9.30 and they're both well over two hours long. Yeah, We're sitting there yep. just like head in hands as Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is going until like two in the morning. Uh, yeah, we learn yeah. our lesson,
2: right? Yeah, and, and that's one thing. <laughs> As far as like combos and, and um, booking is like really frustrating when there's a brand new movie. So, for example, right now we're playing Shazam and DC League of Super Pets. So, Super Pets came out the last year, and people will be like, Why are you playing the kids' movie second? Like, it starts at 10 and I'm like, yeah, but this one, like Shazam, just came out Friday. You're like, it's been to... out
1: for a year. Like, yeah,
2: know. I know. Like, we played it when it opened, like six months ago. <laughs> so, like, um,
1: but the runtime yeah, this... now too, you feel that pain where it's like, does everything yeah. have to be three hours? Yeah,
2: yeah, I know. Yeah. So
1: sometimes we'll just like single, like John Wick, we're playing by itself.
0: Yeah, you know, just yeah. We do that weather. on Sundays uh, and
1: Tuesdays now. We figured
0: out Okay, yeah, Avatar. A on cool. Are you doing yeah. that as a single feature or a single movie yeah. with two show times?
1: A single feature. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Now what do you guys do? Uh per person, car load, do you do specialty pricing?
2: Uh yeah, per person. So ten and over, I right know eight dollars and four through nine is three dollars and under that is free. Uh we've tried we did some online ticketing for the last few years. We're not doing it right now, but we had like a car load price for online. Yeah. Uh, it was like 23 after fees and stuff. And, I don't know, it was just like so many people, we put it everywhere, like in the title, in the description, one ticket, one car, but we still almost, it, almost everybody weekend, would roll up. People, yeah. Yeah, buy and buy, then they bought like four of them. And they're like, oh, I need a refund. I didn't know this was carload. So right now we're not doing any carload ticketing. And then people would, they would either buy too many or they'd be like, wow, this is really sketchy because if I buy a ticket online, it's $23 and I'm just here with my wife. And if I would have bought it at the door, it's $16. <laughs> but yeah, so you, there's, there's no winning with right. With
1: that, so I mean, it, we find it, we find it's a, it's kind of a gimmick move to say like, "Hey, weekdays will do it because it draws more people in; it's a better deal." Yeah. There's really no need to do it. It sounds like if you have the the draw, the regular audience, you know.
2: Yeah, it sounds I mean, like you guys do. Yeah, the only like the fascinating thing with it, which it's not a good reason to do it, if you you know want to be like. Honest, but it's like so many people would buy them and not show up. It's like you're making. It's like if you had five people, it was like a hundred dollars a night, and people that aren't even there. And the problem is sometimes those people would come back way later and want a refund, and like at that point it's too late. But like what? It's just like you're there. There is money on the table to be made. Um, if you're interested in that just because you know 95% of the people show up and there's always some that don't show up but definitely our emails like our, our messages and our emails like you can tell we have online ticketing there's a lot more uh, back and forth with people that are wondering have questions about it or you um, you know bought too many or can't come this night can come another
0: night or it did not work or i deal with so so, much of that during our season yeah a large part of what i do and i don't mind i mean i I like people to come and not have a bad time and all that but there is a ton of that exactly what you're saying Um, they buy tickets in advance and then their their circumstances change and they can they get refund can they exactly what you're saying so i I feel your pain yeah yeah
2: and then the problem is so we would use Eventbrite, which I know there are better uh, ways to online ticket. But like, so Eventbrite would charge like $2, charge the customer. And when they requested a refund, even before the show started, we would grant that refund. But they wouldn't get the fee back, that $2 fee, um, that profit fee. And so they would sometimes come at us like, hey, you know, I didn't get a full <laughs> refund. I paid 23 I only got $20 back. And like, it was just so much back and forth. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't mind it either. But at the same time, like,
1: you unless have you to pay
2: someone, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you could spend an hour just doing, or, and it's constant, you know. It's like, as soon as someone gets you on Messenger or on email, they want to have, like, a conversation. And it's like, a lot of, you know, we're not planted at the desk all day. So, uh, yeah, makes it tough. So, right now, we're not doing online picking. I know most drive do online ticketing or some form of it, but it, that's, that's where I am with it. We'll just, we just tell people, Hey, if you want to come in, out tickets are available the night of, and a lot of the alert of the online ticketing is like, okay, well, we can guarantee our spot. Well, you're really not doing that. Cause you have to get there early, yeah. at least for us, the way we did it is like, Hey, you can buy this ticket, but you still have to show up 30, 45 minutes early. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of times they would not read that part or whatever and get, if you were real busy they would get mad that they bought this ticket they thought they you know you thought you could only sell a certain amount of tickets well uh, if you're not here on showtime i'm "I'm gonna sell this ticket to this person standing here (laughs) it's still outstanding that might or may not show up so um that's that's
1: that's definitely the influence from the indoor where you know there you're truly renting a seat it makes sense to order ahead of time because you want to get that That certain spot, whatever the case is, we find that too with just the darkness of the picture quality. People are turn up the brightness and adjust the projector, and it's like, yeah, these aren't televisions, but
2: (laughs) yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I'm super curious because this is again the first time that we saw this open caption Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. So I Working in the indoor, it was the biggest challenge to cater to uh, the blind and deaf audience. It was always an issue with devices and uh, the things don't work and blah, blah, blah. And in the drive in culture, it's almost something that's non existent. So seeing that is something really special. What what brought that on and why you guys do that?
2: We've had a couple groups, um, you know, like uh, groups of and folks that kind of reached out over the years like hey can you guys you guys like think about doing something like this and so we uh, devoted one of our least busy nights to trying that and so we've been doing it a long time now and it worked. it's just like everything else you know some people really enjoy it some people show up did not know what's happening and they're uh, like what the heck is this and every time yeah and usually those people will kind of understand some people you know didn't know that it was going on but don't mind it or kind of like it they you know they may not have a problem hearing but they you know some 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 lower voices they may have trouble hearing and so it's worked um it's not like you know, a huge moneymaker by any stretch. I just, just love that you guys ways.
1: offer it. You know, it's one of those yeah. things again, like the handicap accessibility for us. We would love to just be able to say, literally anybody can come and, and enjoy it. That that's the goal. Exactly. And you have found a way to, you know, invite that audience in and, and yeah. not affect your business by putting it on a day that, you know, like you said, doesn't hurt it.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm sure if we did it every night, uh, that would affect our business, but uh, it's, yeah. it hasn't, it doesn't, you know, if you just look at numbers or whatever, you can't say, oh, we had captioning or we didn't have captioning. Like, it's not a huge game changer, but it's just a way to, um. It's
1: a very cool ba- uh, to badge to wear. I'd be curious yeah, to know if any sure. other drive-in is doing it. You know, you guys might be in a, you know, on your own, here, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard of
1: many, uh, I don't think I've heard of any drive-ins. it. There you go. Um, Another thing unique about you
0: guys.
1: (laughs) It sounds like you guys have a great support system there. And as much as we like talking about the drive-in landscape, um, it's also about the cinematic landscape. Do you have any neighboring indoor theaters? Do you find that some theaters are competition? Any small kind of movie houses that are within your circuit that you can go to if you don't get a DCP or something like that?
2: Yeah, let's see. So we have two major chains in town, CMX and Cinemark. And so they, I assume, do like cloud delivery on their on their on drives. We we borrowed some from them. It's been a number of years. There's one in a neighboring town that we had to borrow a drive from probably like three or four years ago now that it's a smaller chain but they i wouldn't say they affect them. like we're not competitors with them um it's just a completely different experience um i it's another world
1: there's driving yeah. people and there's indoor people and sometimes that crosses over but you know some people hey. just prefer seeing movies outside some prefer to go to the multiplex it's just
2: yeah, for sure. And it depends, you know, who you're with or um, or whatever, you know, if you've got friends in town and they've never seen a drive-in, you might want to go out there. If you got your family with you, um, you may want to go to the drive-in when, you know, it's, it's like a, if you want to go on a date with your wife or girlfriend or whatever, it may make sense to go to the indoor theater because there won't be mosquitoes the whole time. <laughs> probably, probably a little less. Probably a little less on like a first date can probably go wrong in a indoor theater. I would think there's a lot that can go wrong in driving, especially if right. you're not prepared or know what you're doing. doing. <laughs> so it might be the safer bet to go the indoor. But I, yeah, so, and there's people that do both. It just kind of depends what mood you're in, or if you want to see the movie early. Obviously, we can't compete with that. So, right. um, yeah, I, I'm sure. I, I've never done like a full blown analysis on how many people
1: we might have if those chains weren't there or whatever but i find like i'm always curious you know. more on the the you know the connection again with uh more of those smaller houses we know you can't oh. run over to cinemark and be like hey but it's nice to have at least somebody I forget who we talked to, Mark, but they were the only game in town. It was like, if you want to go see another movie, period, mm. you got to drive an yeah. hour. So it really um, informs, I think, the demand for the drive in as well.
2: Yeah. And, and like like I say, if I'm on the way to work and I pass CMX and their parking lot's loaded because they've got Avatar, like my parking lot's probably going to be loaded too. Like, you know, right. Or if they're. If they have no one in their parking lot because there's nothing playing, so it's kind of you know.
1: It's it, that it, gauge it's on the way them. in.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's good to see them do well, and uh, because I think it benefits all. Because it's not like I don't think anyone um, believes that if you know they went away that there would still be like an exhibition industry. <laughs> They're the ones that kind of make all the big bucks. To, the industry growing going so that's kind of how i think about them
1: totally um,
2: but what we don't have we haven't in we have a small kind of movie house in downtown uh lakeland it's, it's a non-profit and they, yeah they do you know they show a bunch of retros and stuff and their screen's pretty small it's a really beautiful theater i was built in the 30s but it definitely like, wasn't built as like a, a Modern day movie theater. So, all those amenities, like the screen's pretty small and stuff like that. But it definitely is a really cool place to see a movie. But uh, we haven't really done anything with them as
1: far as like sharing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anything.
1: It's just always um, fascinating to me to know the, you know, kind of cinematic layout because growing up, everybody had their indoor, they had their drive in, they had their preferences. Where now mm-hmm. sometimes it's, you know, they're few and far between. And it's like, hey, we got Regal and that's it. And we're the only other game in town. Or I like that there is still a a draw for a smaller indoor single screen house from back in yeah. the day. It informs the film fan base in the area. so Yep, yep.
2: And to be honest, the, the like, you know, if we needed a drive or we needed something... We would call. We would call another drive-in, like one of the other two drive-ins. And, oh yeah, and duh! You're something. like, I'll
1: just go to my other drive Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, no. Yeah, that. But also the two other drive the, the Ruskin uh, and the Ocala drive-in. Like, I'm super, you know, close with them, and so we'll yeah. text back and forth if we need anything and, and can help in anyone at any time. So that's great. I mean,
1: um, it sounds that's cool like we too. Have a- have a nice circuit and somebody to lean on, which is good. Yeah. Before I kick it over to Mark with some questions, I'm curious, how do you break up your time between the two theaters? What's your kind of role there? Are you running projectors? It sounds like you have your finger in every pie.
2: Yeah, and, and I haven't mentioned one pie. I, I actually work for Publics Publix full time, so I definitely have a lot going on, but oh, yeah. uh, yeah, so the the driving is like a second job slash hobby um, to me. So, uh, but but I'm still always doing something with it, even if I'm you know not there. There's always something to do or something on yeah. your mind or something to be fixed or <laughs> someone to call. So we, like I say, I'm, I go back to being fortunate enough to have the supervisor for both theaters, and then we have a manager, obviously at both. Theaters too, and that is uh, how it's possible. Uh, but you know, I'll, I work only like my office is like five minutes from the Silver Moon, so I go out there pretty regularly um, after work or during lunch or before work sometimes. And then the Joyland—it's only about an hour away, so I'll get up there. Uh, but you know, it's it's fun. And and then our swap shops—you know—it's fun to just be a customer out there. And
1: yeah, I was gonna say, what check cool, out what's going on. Draw. I'm a huge yeah. dancer and uh, have that bug where if you can go and get a steal, you know, especially yeah. at a drive-in. It's mixing my two loves together.
2: <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, the, the, our swap shop, I really like it. And, and other swap shops that are at drive-ins because what makes them so neat is that you can't like, well, there are some drive-ins that have like storage where you can rent like a um, Shipping container, sometimes oh, yeah, shipping yeah. containers you can rent them. But like with ours, you know, everyone has to clean up everything at the end of the day. So it's not like oh, you're you seeing. Need. Sometimes you see the same stuff twice, but because they have to clean all up at the end of the day and bring it back out, a lot of times you get a lot of fresh stuff and you get a lot of people. Fresh that,
1: goods. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So it's come every stable. week. Like, you
1: know, you never know what you're gonna see.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there's always people that are just trying to get rid of stuff. There's always a good mix of regular people that reserve by the month and people that are just out there daily, either trying to sell like something they've made or something they're just trying to clear out the house. Um, and I think Sundays is our big day is because people like garage sale on Saturday. So a lot of our vendors like go garage selling and, and get some of their um, inventory that way and sell it out at the swap shop. But um,
1: it's a culture, know. you know, it's, yeah. it's a perfect crossover with uh, the driving culture and a perfect use of your lot. When you're not able to show movies, it's a no-brainer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, uh, any questions for Chip? This has been great, by the way.
0: Well, you know, a couple, one of the things I was doing before uh, we got on the air was to look at your theater through Google image search, which is a wonderful modern mm-hmm. technology and see, you know, where you're located and what the layout looks like. And it looks like for the swap shop, you have a pretty sizable covered area for that on the lot. And does does that also serve to sort of separate the two screens to a degree?
2: It does. The problem with that, as far as the driving side, is that everyone will want to park over there during the rain. Uh, when it's raining and we call it sound wars where you know it echoes you know if you oh, have radio God, on side, yeah. it, like it'll echo over to the other side and so we we have employees park on one side of it usually on side two unless if if we think side two is going to be busy we park them on side one because otherwise if you have customers on side you know watching side one and side two both under that canopy <laughs> it, gets, it gets ugly very very fast
1: oh that's great but
2: yeah that was I think in like ninety-six, um, ninety-seven for the swap shop. And so we we do have quite a few vendors over under there and it's our most popular place to set up, especially during summer. We can fit probably about forty about forty uh vendors under there if maybe you know, use all yeah, exactly. Yeah, shade, rain, um, everything. And so it would be super cool to have more of those, but uh, I got one priced out like when you th- when you hear the prices that like we paid for stuff you know 20 30 years ago it's just unbelievable what stuff costs now like I, I would love another canopy like that but just how much it would cost like you yeah, would it's have like to... let me take
1: out a small mortgage right
2: yeah yeah it's like you would have to sell it, the as many tickets as you sold for like Thirty years at the <laughs> to even recoup your money, like it's yep. crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, we do have that little canopy area for the swap shop, and I think part of the—I don't know if it's still there on the aerial thing—but the Funland drive-in in Tampa that's no longer operating. In fact, it's been level It's not even a swap shop anymore. They had a bunch of canopies, and so at one time we shared, you know, that guy and and uh, my grandfather. And i shared, shared ownership in that drive-in. And I think that's kind of what we were going for is like, cause they're definitely, they were definitely kind of like more swap shop focused. They were opening a swap shop for four days um, and it was a really big successful swap shop. And they had an, uh, probably like four or five of those big canopies. And I noticed they were made by the same company. That's why, that's where this theory comes from. And I think they were probably built around the same time with the intention of like, hey, these canopies, are really helping our swap shop business we should have them and they it definitely has it definitely is awesome and i definitely wish i had a lot more but it it does take away some space you know even if we put another one on the other side of the snack bar if you're looking at google earth you would lose some theater space Uh, you'd lose some parking because it is pretty wide but yeah so
0: and I see that you have a, a dedicated employee who's in charge of the Swap Shop. We were talking to uh, Krista mm-hmm. out at the Santee Drive-In in California, and we had asked like, how do you manage staff with the with the Swap Shop during the day and the movies at night? And she was like, no, it's a separate crew entirely. Yeah. For your Swap Shop, do you have the snack bar open or a food truck or anything cool. to make a little additional money beyond the uh, the vendor fees or is it just the vendor fees?
2: so yep she first off it is a different manager she actually is the relief manager um on the two days that our theater manager is off so she manages the theater yeah yeah she manages theater on tuesday wednesday so she's definitely familiar enough with the theater business that like you know she's able to if someone comes to swap shop and's like hey what are you guys playing or hey how does the movie work she can answer those questions because she manages it for two days a week since I think the swap shop had started, we'd had the snack bar and uh, I remember as an employee like uh, it was no one wanted to work in there with the breakfast because, you know, it's a drive-in snack bar. So it's obviously more focused layout wise, everything else on the theater. And so, you know, we stuck a grill in there and started making breakfast. It, it, it's not comfortable during summer. It got super hot in there. And who wants to wake up at 4 a.m. Because we open at <laughs> 5 at the swap shop. Who wants to wake up at 4 a.m.? Um, you know, most of your star employees work at the theater. And so who wants to wake up wake up at 4 a.m. to work at, at cooking bacon for four hours at <laughs> it's the it's swap shop for minimum wage? So yeah. we got rid of that probably three years ago, I want to say. And a lot of the driver was labor. It was super hard to find labor. If you found them, you know, it, you're going to have a call off, and so service starts to suffer. But the other piece that was happening was just the price of food got crazy. And so at the swap shop, unlike you know at the drive-in to an set, but the swap shop, you know, people are there looking for bargains. Um, yeah, so they may <laughs> they're not like six dollars
1: for a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. How's, how's four. <laughs>
2: exactly exactly yeah they'd be trying to negotiate I'm yeah
1: you <laughs> like
2: yeah 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 like i'll pay you an extra dollar under the table to put some <laughs> bacon in that i and i get it like i i a customer of the swap shop too i like a good deal and by the time you know our labor costs were going up substantially our egg bacon costs were going up substantially it just turned into and, and the other problem was that like you know bacon, cooking bacon ton of grease Uh, Oh yeah. then you get your you get your swap shop crew and your driving crew and they'd be like hey swap shop left this here or our stuff is greasy and they didn't clean this long story short we got rid of that and now we have a couple you know you have to buy a special ticket and license and stuff but we have a couple uh food trucks and food vendors that sell at the swap shop um, just on their own. So they just pay us to set up.
1: Fills the void, you know. Yeah, that's worked out much
2: better. And it's made, it like cut our staff down in half because we would have to have, you know, three, four people in the kitchen at at our peak hours, you know, it's like 8 or 9 a.m. to to make a breakfast. Because it's very labor-intensive, you know, we would have eggs toast grits bacon potatoes stuff like that so you know if you people order an egg you got it they're cooked to order you know people want eggs all sorts of different ways oh, and so geez. you would at least yeah you had a, a cashier cook someone prepping the food um just kind of putting it all together so you can need three to three or four people in there and it just got to a point where it wasn't sustainable and so after you got rid of that you really didn't need too many people at the swap shop, you know, you need the manager and pretty much someone to sell tickets. And the manager can kind of ride around the golf cart, make sure everything's okay, you know, make sure people are in their spots, not selling uh, stuff they shouldn't sell, and, and following the rules. So it's definitely cut down a lot on our labor there. And so but that's at both places too. We at the Joyland, we got rid of our snack bar probably a year ago. Same result. It's been been much easier the kitchen's been cleaner we don't technically prepare uh self-prepared food now everything like you know with the eggs and stuff there was a bunch of food safety stuff you had raw bacon raw eggs like you had to cook yeah. the stuff and and so our inspections have been a lot more um, easier just because you don't have all of that di- all those different food stuffs in in the snack bar the other thing was space like, y'all can tell i really <laughs> i really was excited to stop selling breakfast you know, yeah. you know, like, You're like, like
1: finally oh, if i never see an egg in that place again
2: <laughs> yeah yeah like you know you storing those eggs i could bin, only imagine you know, that's They're our so... biggest
1: issue is yeah. space and to yeah. add another was... meal on that forget it
2: yeah yeah and and it's it's not stuff you can sell in both places like people don't want to buy eggs and bacon and potatoes at the drive-in. Like <laughs> that stuff, you can't really cross merchandise. It was right. its own separate thing. So once we got rid of that, we got so much more space. So anyway, no more, no more breakfast. It was a good breakfast, but uh, I was happy to see it go.
0: Anything else, Mark? One thing I wanted to have you describe as this is, you know, a very non visual medium we're working in right now is (laughs) your entrance. I was looking again, Google Street View, you can literally like drive all the way around the drive in and look at it from outside. But your your entrance is so gorgeous and it really harkens back to I don't know if that's original to the theater or if that came along later. But if you can describe for people what it what it looks like when you first drive up to the gate, it's pretty wonderful.
2: So we have. Our main roadside marquee with neon, and it actually used to blink, and people really liked the blinking. So it's blue and a yellow neon, and it would blink in a silver moon, and, and, and it would be like very bright and and wonderful. Uh, and it was it was actually like a watch motor that somehow like made it blink because when you stood outside of it, you could hear the clicking. Like, it sounded like clock and it, it's like some really old contraption that made it click yeah. blink but it doesn't blink anymore and there's a reason the reason is disney actually like i thought it was a joke this guy like just randomly came up and he's like hey i'm with disney scout and film locations and i'm like oh shut up um but he, it actually turns out they uh he actually was serious and they filmed a very very small portion of a movie and called the one and only Ivan. So um, they filmed the scene where like Brian Cranston was in it. He, he drove uh, this Mustang kind of through our entrance. And so there was a scene out there and they had a scene very briefly um, where they were watching a film in the theater. And so we were super excited about that, but it went to Disney plus and they wouldn't let us
1: play it and I was so upset but oh my but anyway, gosh well yeah it's you know you can say yeah right yeah go through, through the gate
2: for sure yeah yeah <laughs> i know it was, it was super cool uh it was and he was like super nice and really loved the drive-in. like he he i never give away speakers but because like, we only have so many and once they're gone they're gone but he like asked me for a speaker because we didn't we took out our speaker poles, but they they set up a couple temporary ones just for the shot yeah. and he was like hey i have a car collection oh i think this would be really cool in there and <laughs> oh, okay, i'm he to have one so because he was like really passionate he was like really into the driving oh cool. my gosh but, it's a yeah, story you can yeah. tell the
1: grandkids that's awesome yeah
2: for sure for sure and i really like i hadn't seen Breaking bad when when he came out but i knew him from seinfeld and he was the dentist on seinfeld yes. for like a couple a couple episodes and so i was like hey i didn't no, I think it's so cool are the dentist on Seinfeld, and he like said a couple lines that he said, like, oh, in the he's like, oh my gosh that
0: This is so great. cool.
2: But anyway, he got a speaker. But anyway, they didn't want that marquee to blink in the shot. And so we called the sign company out and they made it stop blinking. And I've never liked the blinking as a customer because while it's super cool from the outside, I always noticed when I was watching the movie that, on the power lines and the power pole next to the marquee, like you would see that in your peripheral, like this oh, blinking yeah. light every yeah. second, that was super annoying and always annoyed me as a as a patron. So we it no longer blinks. It can blink, but we just have the blinking off. So there's that roadside marquee that's large. It says Silver Moon and it says what we're playing, and then we have a couple other neon signs uh, on the. Back of the screen tower um, that say Silverman Drive-In, and then like our marquee with the times and stuff is kind of on the left as you drive in, and then you pass our first box office, which was the original box office until I think the late '90s. Um, we actually. That's not our primary box office now. And the reason is, like, traffic would stack up. Like, you'd fit, oh, like yeah. four you would fit, like, cars in your driveway. A in yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we extended the driveway all the way down to what is now our box office. So we could fit probably about 40 cars on property instead of, like, four. But, yeah, you know, we kept that there just because, like, it, it kind of looks cool on the outside. Like, and it looks, like, more complete. And it helps block some of the light <laughs> as people are driving in. But, yeah. So we added some of the mark. Not all of this signage is original. The only one that's been there a long time is the main roadside marquee that blinked. Um, a couple of, some of the neon got put in probably 15, 20 years ago, because I've seen some pictures, kind of the one that shows the showtime was just like a board, you know? It was just like, almost like plywood that was painted it had red leathering so that one was probably installed probably maybe 15 20 years ago and we've kept it up um, and maintained and it's just really neat driving into the theater but the one yeah the one drawback is it does put off a lot of light so as a customer you like when you talk about ambient light like we're kind of doing it to ourselves (laughs) because it's right behind it's right behind
1: the Classic built-out uh, screen tower yeah. and you know yeah. for folks who want to get that vision you know the screen faces the lot and then on the back side that's where your signage is and you have almost like a two almost three story kind of level with the marquee yeah. signage on it it's it's stunning and one of those things that you know when people remodel revamp upgrade usually that neon goes out first because it's expensive to maintain
2: it is it is but and and then people want to put like digital marquees out Mm -hmm. i'm personally not a fan operationally i'm sure they're much easier but i don't i've seen some driving with with it and it's not my style i like the old entrance because Classic. I mean, I'm all about innovating, but like I don't know, it just look, kind of looks like a bank or something that's showing like the temperature and the time. Like, <laughs> again, this is just, that's just my opinion. Like, no, I, you I, are I totally have it.
1: right. The drive-in is inherently nostalgic and classic, yeah. and the more you yeah. can root your business in that and your decisions in that, I think the better off that you are. You know, we've seen some yeah uh, new pushing the edge drive-ins that are trying to. You know work with lcd screens that it's just it's yeah. almost too far off of the traditional drive-in map
2: yeah and so it and, and i'm all about doing some stuff like that but yeah it costs a little more probably in the long run to maintain the neon and it, it's a pain to change it every week you know the the films and the coming soons but like that to me the entrance like that's what people see when they drive by. And when they think drive in theater, they usually think of, you know, some nostalgic type place. And so that's why, that's why we keep it and why I'm happy with it and why I don't want to change it. But yeah, there are some, there are some cool marquees out
1: there. I, I love a good This Yours is, is choice, you know, and it's, it's a bit, yeah, for us, the same it. thing. It's a built-in photo op. People stop
0: um, yeah. Tag, yeah. all
1: the time. It's just, it's always there. It's always a draw any time of the day. And it becomes part of the landscape. I mean, that's yeah. clear with yours, but certainly ours as well, where, you know, we lost our marquee. It blew down uh, several oh. years back. And the the township and everybody fans raised the money so fast to get that thing back up. Because oh, it means so much to them as much as it does to us. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Chip, this has been a fantastic chat. We absolutely love... Uh, whenever we can get somebody who's so like my all of us owners we're really living the same life just in different areas of the country so it's yep. <laughs> uh, fantastic before we let you go can you give people uh the socials places to find you so that way when they come through florida they can uh, give you a visit
2: yeah for sure our website Uh we have facebook Silverman Drivein, we have instagram also Silverman Drive-In, and like I say, if if you're in the Orlando, Tampa area, you're out of money, you're bored, or you want to do something uh, <laughs> a little different than Universal or Disney, we're right down the road, right between um, Tampa and Orlando, right off I-4, only like five minutes off the interstate, so it's super easy to get to, and yeah, so that's the Silverman, Dade City, the Joyland is, like I say, at about an hour north of us, but yeah, check out. I mean, you unfortunately could hit all the Florida drive-ins in like one night, practically. So there aren't many of us left. But, but, well, for us but, drive-in
1: you know. fans, you know, it's it's convenient. It's sad for the culture, but you yeah. know, we can uh, make a road trip out of it, and we can come down and uh, hit mm-hmm. the swap meet and watch a movie with you, catch yep. up, and and go check out the other theaters as well. That's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much chip for giving us the time uh we wish you nothing but luck with your continuing season i guess that's the case
2: it's always it's always seasoned
1: yeah and (laughs) i really look forward to coming down um and seeing the place in person one day
2: all right yeah
1: that'd be great so
2: thanks for having me on and i really appreciate it you got appreciate what y'all are doing for the uh the driving community and we definitely need more of it because everyone you know we're all we're all Different, but we're all very similar as far as the stuff we go through um and, and we all definitely want to see each other succeed uh it's that's a the unique, cool part it. you know it's yep. it's
1: just like back in the day um it's okay if our circuit is just a little more spread out i think we can all help each other and even if that is just shining that light and saying hey uh when that name comes up I could say those are friends of ours we love what they do down there you know
2: yeah, for sure. I'm sure y'all are familiar with it, but there is an organization uh Udatoa probably like, a, yep. oh, I think they have over hundred drive-ins. And so I'm a member of that group and really enjoy that. I've met a lot of cool people over the years through that organization. We have a ton of ideas and stuff like that always spread around. So they meet in Orlando each year, so it makes it super easy for me. Yeah, I'd so, say
1: so. How about that? <laughs> i've got no yeah i've got no that'll excuse, have to so. be it you know for whatever reason the last couple of years we haven't been able to make it due to scheduling and timing okay so you're gonna have gonna to come down yeah absolutely oh, we're gonna have oh, to come oh, down okay, cool. and, and we'll shake hands and uh we'll, we'll get to spend yeah. some time together you know
2: they came out yeah so they came out um probably about a month ago after a
1: convention to check us out a lot of so probably about Oh, that's great. I didn't over. even think about that. Yeah, they all come to see you because they're in town. Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. Oh, that's killer. They, yeah, we got some new projectors, so they wanted to
1: check them out. So was, Are you rocking so were, laser? Not yeah. to ask you another question. Yeah. Oh boy, look yeah. out. The future's here. I know. Yeah. Man, I'll it's, tell you, that's it's, the, it's that's so that's the new are. thing. I just got out of the uh the AMC game when we uh, we're making the shift and, you know, gutting oh. everything and putting in all the lasers. It's the future, man, the lasers. Uh, wow.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Good for you. Yeah. That's
2: great. It makes the difference. So, yeah, we're still, you know, at the Joyland. But Silver Moon. yeah, we did that. Um, we were one of the first to go digital in 2011, I think. Wow. So we were starting to have, you know, some major problems and kind of had to make decisions as far as, like, what are we going to do with these projectors? Are we going to put a bunch of money in them and hope, you know, light engines and stuff like that mm-hmm. stay same or are we going
1: to invest in Make the investment. Some... It's the right move. Yeah, and you can never yeah. go wrong. I'm sure the amount of people that you draw off of that difference in yeah. quality the picture is, it, it'll pay dividends.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's starting to get to the point where, you know, because over time our, our, or Christy, um, we had 2230s. So they were getting, like... Obsolete. This, this, that, I don't want to bring up Batman, but, like, movies like that, I would be out there, and I'd be like, I would not pay $7 yeah. to watch this. Because, like I say, we do have some ambient light around us. You could tell by the Google Earth that we got you know, a bunch of neighbors. So, like, I don't know. I was just like, I think people are getting so more and more used to these... Perfect picture and all this stuff. Yeah. That that's you know, yeah. It was a decision we had to make. And
1: us so running five millimeter, it's like you oh, know yeah, we're even so cool. more limited. Where we always preach yeah. it. You know, there's an appreciation to yep. uh, the preservation, you know. But it is yep. not. It is not your digital systems, and for a lot of reasons, that's better, you know. But
2: yeah, that's super aesthetic,
1: cool. I think, you know.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think we're the last full time thirty five millimeter in left in the whole country. So, wow, trying to uh, wow. keep it alive. But it's strange because it started as a necessity. We just couldn't afford to mm-hmm. upgrade and decided to stick to our guns. And now it's our calling. Yeah. So you never really yeah. know when that uh, that road opens. You never really know what it's going to lead to. But for us, it was the yeah. best decision ever. So that's cool. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, Chip, this has been great, man. We could talk to you for hours. I feel like this is, (laughs) uh, you know, like you are literally one of us, like a crew member. So fantastic. Um, Well, again, I hope uh, we can get down there. I hope people um, fall in love with you. It's not hard uh, to fall in love with the driving experience, but got so much going on for you um, at the Silver Moon, And we love you, brother. We really appreciate it. All righty. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. You got it, brother. And on that
0: note, Jeff, take it away, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for coming out tonight to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. We hope you'll come back and see us again real soon. The exit is on the right-hand side of the screen at the front of the field, and most importantly, have a very safe trip home. Good night and God bless you.